All right, peace. So, not too long ago, man, I went ahead and started this thing up. It's still, still really, really new. But, um, I don't even think I got, like, to my eighth episode yet. And I had got reported, uh, I got reported not too long ago. So, there's, like, two of them that's down. I think three of them, maybe, that got reported. Uh, but, uh, this one, I'm just going to be, uh, retouching and reopening the, uh, Nipsey Hustle. The Nipsey Hustle video, or the Nipsey Hustle uh, situation, I guess. But uh, this one's gonna be pretty long because the last one was long. The last one was on. It was a blunted edition. It was like a, a feature one with my cousin. You know, it was a loud environment. Niggas was on the game. We were, you know, we were intoxicated. So that wasn't really. I'm, I'm, kind of happy that one got taken down. That I think about it. Uh. But that was actually the uh, the episode that I had got the most feedback on, which is good. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, go into a little more detail. And, uh, you know, just do this and all of my own. So be ready. So one thing, uh, if you listen to the uh, to the original one, then I'm pretty much just going to be touching over some of the same things. But I'm going to be going into a lot more depth. I have uh, I got videos and everything, and you know, audio clips, whatever. But we're going to be going over everything. So what we're going to start with first is the uh, the Los Angeles Police Department. When they went up and had the uh, press conference, I think it was the day of, maybe the day after, uh, reading the email, the so-called email. <sighs> reading the so-called email that they received from Nipsey Hussle. So let's start here. Yes. Whack TMZ intro emails yesterday and I found the original email request go back hold on uh, from uh, see it. I went through my emails yesterday and I found the original email requesting uh, from uh, Nipsey and Rock Nation Nipsey and Rock Nation so this is the LAPD commissioner talking about he received an email from Nipsey Hustle and Jay-Z, what did, what did Jay-Z have to do with this? But anyway. Um, requesting to me to set up meeting with the chief. And uh, I'm going to read it to you. So, sorry to keep interrupting, but what, what would Nipsey Hussle, what, what would he have gotten out of this? What would we have, what would he have done? You're telling me Nipsey Hussle was trying to set up a meeting with the Los Angeles Police Department. <laughs> For what? Uh, this was dated February <clears throat> February 26th. Our goal is to work... February 26th, which is uh, Savior's Day. But, notice... That Nipsey Hussle's death was an entire month later. Allegedly. This letter was allegedly written an entire month before Nipsey Hussle died. With the department to help improve communication, relationships, and work towards changing the culture and dialogue between LAPD and the inner city 
We want to hear about your new programs, your goals for the department, as well as how we can help stop gang violence and help you help kids. Percy Hustle, a 33-year-old active, active gang member, wrote a letter to the... You're telling me he wrote a letter, an email, my bad. He sent an email to the commissioner of the Los Angeles Police Department. A 33-year-old active gang member was about to go back to the homie. <laughs> my nigga Nip was finna go back to the homies after he heard the goals of the Los Angeles Police Department to help stop gang violence. I'm not I'm not buying this. Uh I didn't I didn't look at it like this at first. I really didn't know what to look at it at first, but the gang violence and not the gang violence, the culture in Los Angeles is gang. Our gang. It it is that that's the culture out there. There's no way there's no way that he was trying to stop the gang the gang violence because I saw when he was approached by the um by the paparazzi, if I'm not... Yeah, he was approached by the paparazzi. And they were like... He was, he was like, you just don't run up and put a camera in nobody's face. But they're like, yeah, but you're a celebrity. You're a celebrity. He's like, no, nigga, I'm a gang member before anything else. I'm a crip member. My bad. I'm a crip member before anything else. It just doesn't make sense why a 33-year-old active gang member will want to team up with the LAPD. That 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 doesn't make sense in itself. But let's keep going. So uh, takes time to set up meetings. We did. It was set up for um, yesterday, and the chief called me on Sunday and uh, told me this was 15 minutes after that uh, that Nipsey Hussle had been uh, assassinated and murdered. This horrible that he'd been assassinated. That slipped out of his mouth. That was kind of a Freudian slip that he'd been assassinated. And then he came back and said that he'd been murdered. Things that make you go, hmm. One day before we were going to have this meeting, why couldn't we have... Let me go back, hold on. ...meeting the day before instead of... I mean, why horrible thing happened? That Nipsey Hussle had been uh, assassinated and murdered. This horrible thing happened. One day before we were going to have this meeting, why couldn't we have had the meeting the day before? <laughs> He's trying to act dramatic and everything. Not, not his question. His question was, why couldn't we have done it the day before? Why would? Why couldn't we have got the meeting done the day before? Well, if you are the Los Angeles Police Department, you were trying to work on things like this. Why couldn't you have stopped this from happening? They're running the mock at this guy, fellas. We'll peep. So the meeting will happen. It will happen when the even though even though the person who sent the email is not gonna be there. The person who lives in Los Angeles is not gonna be there. Rock Nation and, and Nipsey's family will come together. Rock Nation and Nipsey's family. I'm trying to find out Jay Z's whole tie to this entire thing, because he's from New York and he's not a crip. So exactly Jay Z's tie. Um yeah, exactly. Jay Z tied to this whole Nipsey, Nipsey, hustle thing. I'm I'm not really too sure. To be honest, but 
whenever I do find out some stuff, I'm going to go ahead and talk about that a little bit more. Because I know he got in, he was trying to um, usurp his name into the uh, Colin Kaepernick situation with the NFL. But anyway, but um, I don't know if you've ever heard it before or if I've ever said it before, but uh, all the uh, gangs, the Bloods and the Crips, it's all Masonic, it's all, it's all demonic. It all goes hand in hand with Freemasonry as well. Anyways, when you think about um, especially within our communities, when you think about all the so-called little black girls that end up going missing, little black little black children that end up going missing, right, within our communities, and the people within our communities know nothing about this. Why is that? Because the gangs and the police go hand in hand with each other. The police is pretty much a huge just. A huge Masonic Lodge. And one thing, too, that people don't even understand. People talk about they want to make a change. And if they're going to have to make a change, you're going to have to start from the inside. When you look at the history of the police, the the uh, police initially started off as slave patrol. So how are you going to change something that's that's built off of keeping you a slave? How are we going to try to change that? If there is a police force that we would need, it would have to be from our own people. It would have to be from people who live within that community. You can't hold somebody accountable who lives in Goodyear and just kill somebody in South Phoenix. Anybody who's at least familiar with Arizona. Goodyear's pretty far, so you can't... That's not going to be allowed to happen. We need to be able to hold people accountable. It has to be people who know people. If you know Jerry on 83rd Avenue, if you know where his house is, and he only patrols the area where he's familiar with, where he lives, then he knows the people around that area and the people know him. So the people know where his house is. He know where people lives. He knows where people live. So if he does do something that's out of pocket, that's injustice, we can go to his house and hold him accountable. But it has to be outside of the slave patrol. It would have to be our own slave. Our own, wow. It would have, <laughs> it would have to be our own police force, policed and controlled 100% by us. But our people are not ready for that. But um, getting back to the point, once again, the gangs and the police all go hand in hand with each other. They all go hand in hand with each other. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about this a little bit. Um, when you look, when you when you think about, you know, the police and uh, politics and stuff like that. Right. You have in politics, you have uh, the red and blue. In gangs, you have. The red and the blue. The blood and the red. In politics, you have the Republicans and the Democrats, which is the red and the blue. The Republicans and the Democrats uh, pretty much use the Hegelian dialect. They all work hand in hand, right? They would oppose each other to bring in new laws. The Hegelian dialect is uh, pretty much as above, so below. Uh, you use one for You use chaos. To cause, not an ant. Use chaos to have a solution to find a solution. Pretty much. I miss. I'm. I'm. I'm missing the terminology word for word. But, anyways, yeah, the gangs and the police go hand in hand. So when it's so many people within our communities that end up going missing, how is it that the gangs know nothing about this, or the police know nothing about this? Aren't these the people that know the, the neighborhoods and the communities the best? You telling me? You telling me you outside all day, and you don't know you don't know anything about that. How gangster are you? How real are you? To be honest, to be completely honest, 
Shit's kind of my bad. Part of my language. My dad's probably listening. That's just kind of upsetting. But what we're gonna do is go ahead. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and tie in how major street gangs are connected with Freemasonry. This is somebody. And once again, not really to digress again, but when we talk about the gangs, it started off in California. The Crips and the Bloods both started off in California. How the hell are you in Chicago banging? How the hell are you in New York banging? How the hell are you in Little Rock banging? How are you in Texas banging? You understand? So let's get into it. Now, I think I told you before, I'm Minister Fontaine and Larry Hoover got cool when they was in jail. Minister Fontaine and Larry Hoover when they were in jail. Turn up a little bit more. Well, Minister Fontaine brought the idea to David. And um, King David Barksdale, he liked the idea of clicking up all the sets in the Inglewood area in most of the south side to make the black gangster disciples. GD, BD. Everybody who's and you know it's you know it's crazy living in Arizona. Everybody from everywhere comes out here, right? Everyone you can be in high school, no matter even if you're a high school bro. <laughs> everybody claim they from BD and GD. Everyone, everyone who comes from Chicago claims they're GD. Or be oh, that's on BD line. Stop, stop. But anyway, my father. David through this meeting, and this was one of the most important meetings of all. And this was made one of the, the strongest brotherhoods ever known in gang history. And once again, he's referring to the gang as a brotherhood, just like the fraternity, the college fraternity system, which is masonry and masonic. Now, this is when it gets good. Now, the meeting was on 64th in Austin. Now, for you to know the area, you're like, yo, that's Kennedy King College. Kennedy King College is where he's talking about in Chicago. Now, I'm finna blow your fucking mind with some real history. Now, um, this come out of Gordon's mouth. So, Gordon tells me, you know what Kennedy King got, right? And I said... So, let me give you guys a little bit of background on these guys. So, Gordon met... Uh, uh, what's the dude name? Larry Hoover, right? Larry Hoover was a was a big Mason. Larry Hoover was a huge Mason. That's why when people talk about uh, Rick Ross and stuff like that, same with same with Freeway Rick Ross. He he was also a Mason too as well. But that's why when you when you talk about uh, Rick Ross, the rapper, not actual Freeway Rick Ross, who was who's in the Boule too, who who who's a, a, a Masonic member as well, Rick Ross, the Rose. He talks about um. He talks about the same. I think I'm Big Meech, Larry Hoover. He's referring to two. Um, he's referring to uh, even even Rick Ross. What well, he's referring to to the Masons because Rick Ross is a Mason as well. But uh, once again, Rick Ross was a um. He was what a a, a security officer or a patrol guard or something like that. He was pretty much a cop. Right, so that's how he got into the uh to the fraternity, and the comedic system. Right, that's how he became a mason, and then he ended up becoming a rapper. Right, he ended up he he was moving weight and selling all he was doing all of this big stuff. Right, infiltrating from the inside, spooked by the door type thing, but 
I'm not trying to digress. Same with Larry Hoover, though. Big Mason. You know what King of the King got, right? I said, yeah, I know what King of the King got. So, he said, it's a field across the street. I know, I know the field. And there's a building right there. And in that building is where we had our first meeting. So, I'm like, where? That's cool. What's special about the building? He showed me his ring. So, I didn't pay no attention. I just looked at the ring like, Showed him his ring because a lot of the Masons, uh, once you get initiated or once you are initiated, you receive a, you receive a ring because you have rites that you uh, that you abide by. You have rituals that you perform. So I did it. Now I you live by it. Go check the building out because I used to go to school at Candy King because I was um was gonna take a GD course but I got sidetracked. You should say. He got sidetracked. So one, th this dude right here, um, if I'm not mistaken, he he um, was about to enter the GD game, pretty much, or he was in GD. But I'm not trying to digress. And um, Usamasai Temple, the building like it haven't been touched in twenty years, like it. It hasn't looked like it's been touched in twenty years. He said it's a Masonic temple where they held the first meeting, the first GD meeting, the first gang brotherhood meeting. Looks fucking raggedy, man. This is this is a big building. I mean, you can tell they got the old brick in it. When you look inside, can't see shit. Like it's going. The building looks totally deserted. It's spooky. What? Just like frat houses. I can talk to him like, yo, I went to it. Now I think it's a Masonic temple. And he showed me the ring again. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, it's a Masonic temple. And he showed him the ring again. Now he noticed and he's putting the pieces together. That's what it was. That's what it still is. Now he's a mason. That's what it still is. And he said he's still a mason. Listen. Okay. Now, he tells me the rest of Now he's a mason. Okay. Now, he tells me the rest of the story. So we had a meeting here. And I'm like, hold on. So how did the black gangster disciples get, get to rip the building for the night? Like, who rents... A, a building two different gangs they're hand in hand so what that means is if you're a blood or a crip or a gangster disciple or BD whatever you're a mason maybe I remember David was his name old weight you know what I'm saying he was the king of all kings even in the streets you understand Mayor was chairman of the board yeah I'm familiar I know you're familiar with Power Lady Hoover host to today. So. To the day! To the day! <laughs> it, it just always got me. Like, what happened? So I ended up asking him Was King David and Larry Hoover Masons at that age? And he gave me a smirk. He gave me the craziest look. He, like a giggle, you know what I'm saying? And he never answered. He never even answered the question. So you, you've been there before when you're trying to give somebody hints to figure something out and they start to get onto something. You're like, okay, there you go. Now you get, okay, now you're catch, you catching on. Now, you, now you're, getting, you're getting to where the meat is at. It was the end of the conversation. That's all he told me. That was the end of the conversation. Never talked about it again. 
You know what I'm saying? He told me stories, how they fought. They used to rumble. They didn't use guns. If you did have a gun, they didn't have to use it. You know what I'm saying? A bunch of shit that niggas know. You know? If you ever watched the movie, uh, Strapped, 1993 movie. It's a very good, it's a very, very re relevant movie today. Uh, at least to what goes on in the back community. <clears throat> Excuse me. And how, uh, and how the guns get into the, uh, and how the guns get into the neighborhood. There's multiple ways, but once again, the gangs are hand in hand with the police. You've even seen that on Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. How do you think, uh, the crate of weapons, how do you think they took that over? And you've also seen in the game at the very end, Smoke and Ryder working directly with the FBI, working directly with the police. There's just a, a crate of guns in, in the neighborhood, in the alley. What's his name? The dude from, um, not NWA, dude from Ruthless Records. What's his name? Well, Knockout, BG Knockout. The dude BG Knockout said on Vlad TV, they just, it was just a random box in the alley filled with guns. You think you think that's just popping up out of places? You think it's just a, a nigga a box a, they just drop? Uh oh, kid fell out the back of, the back of a truck, man. Come on, this is done strategically. They know what the hell they're doing. But anyways, in the movie uh, Strap nineteen ninety three, they have a scene where he's on uh, the main character. He comes up to his homeboy. Uh, you know, he comes up to his homeboy like, "Yo, does that offer still stand on the table? My pocket is down bad right now." You know, regular dude, not really in the streets like that. You know, his homeboy is in the streets and he goes with him to go in this meeting to, you know, to get the guns into pieces. Let's just listen. He's shaky and all that, but he fair. Yeah, I thought about it. I don't want him working for me. But, um, because he doesn't really know this dude, which is understandable, but, uh, he doesn't want him working for him because, you know, he could be a smart nigga. You know, one nigga teach two niggas. But he's like, you know, our, our offer still stands, though. Mine and yours still stands. What kind of shit is this, man? Anything you want to work out between the two of you, that's your business, okay? Our deal is still the same. Whatever you make off the top, that's yours. Hey, I, I don't care what you're doing. I don't want to know. I just want 250 bucks for each piece. I want it tomorrow. Okay? You understand my problem here? I'd feel much more comfortable if it was just between you and me. I feel much more comfortable if it was just between me and you. The dumb nigga. Just you and me? I want six, right? Just you and me. You want six? Six. That means I get 1,500 bucks tomorrow. It's your ass if I don't. No problem, G. No problem, man. Let me see what's up. Let me see. And he goes into the trunk and you have the uh the one who came along. He's just standing off in the background. But listen. Ooh, that's lovely right there. Yeah, this is a nice piece of machine. And when he Yeah, when he does pull out the uh when he opens the trunk and removes the cover, you can see he has Uzi's Mac elevens. Like, still in the box. Like, not even out the crate yet. You know? That's some nice merchandise right here as well. A trunk full of, full of guns. 
He goes to reach for it. He's a brand new kid. Let me see. He goes to grab it. White boy immediately snatches it back. Just you and me, okay? You want six of these? Yeah, I'm going to get the hell out of here. Two, three, four, six. Okay. Do me a favor, will you? Next time, come along. And then he, cl- and then he closes the trunk. But once again... They only want to work with the pawn, the hood Negro, who doesn't care about his community, who doesn't care that he's ruining literally his community, his family, the people around him. And it's crazy, bro, because people call uh, mugs coons and shit like that. But these have to be the biggest coons, bro, are these types of niggas who do stuff like this. But anyway. So, yeah, anyway, we're going to go back to this video of Buddy talking about the... uh, the gangster disciples and the and the GD the BD whatever, talking about them really quickly. So, the shit that niggas know, you know what I'm saying? We know what happened back then, but I just could not understand what was going on. And then I look at a lot of the symbols with the gang, fathers, disciples, and the people, and a lot of them comes from the Mason doctrine. A lot of the gangs and hand signs and handshakes done by the gangs, the Crips, the Bloods, the Gangster Disciples, BDs, uh, what is it, the Lost Kings, Last King, Latin Kings, whatever. Come on, man. They all have Masonic origins to them. And they come from where? And um, it, it really gets me. <laughs> Some of the laws... It's in the Mason's rule book. In the Mason, the Masonic rule book. The laws and the rites and the rituals. So, I mean, I mean, it's good enough to say that BG was started by Freemasons. Freemasons, BG, BD. And if it was traveled and brought over here by Masons, and that's who was started up by who actually created it. So, really though, when um, when we talk about all of this and its relation to Nipsey Hussle, you got to understand that he was signed to a major label as well. Uh, Nipsey Hussle, he gets a lot of credit, which he, which he has earned to his name because everything that he talked about, which was also, you know, which is kind of why it's controversial. May you know a lot of people may not like what I'm saying, or what I'm going, what I'm, what I'm alluding to, but Nipsey Hussle, you know, he talked about you know owning the masters, and the publishing of the music. You know he also had mixtapes. That promoted violence. He talked about violence, you know, quite often, and once again the um. If the games were started, you know. And they have, you know, relation to the to the uh, Masonic lodges and the fraternities, right? If they have, you know, the same rites and rituals, when you think about the gangs, and you think about something that he said in his latest album, it was a song, uh, <clears throat> Hustle and Motivate. And Hustle and Motivate 
Uh, he was talking about the initiation process of joining the game, pretty much. Take you across the tracks. Make you explode. Wait. Yeah, make you, take you across to the buildings. Make you explode your rage. Make you expose your rage. Yeah, make you expose your rage. Take you across the tracks and make you explode a face. Now you official now. But you got a soul to save. So what he's saying is the initiation process, which is similar. You know, you got you got to do something in order to show that you're in the hood, that you that, that you got all of this. You know what I'm saying? After you get jumped in, you feel me? Make you explode your rage. You feel me? You fight. Feel me? We, they, they get to see where your hands is pretty much. Take you across. The, you know what I mean? Make you explode the face. They make you kill somebody. Which is a sacrifice. When you look at all the hand signs and all the gang signs. And they're saying that you have to do the same thing as in the rituals. What do you think they're referring to? Um, maybe Nipsey. I'm pretty sure that Nipsey Hussle wasn't aware of this. But he was actually a crypt member. So he's speaking on actual events. This is not. I'm not making this up. You can see this all yourself. But anyway. Back to the relation to Nipsey Hussle. Once again, the respect that we have, we, we kind of have to, you know, decide where the line is drawn because he, he, he gives a reason when he gives a reason on why he joined the Rolling Sixties. You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna listen to it. And this is on Vlad TV. Now, as the Rolling Sixties, the, the biggest number of people, like, you know, in terms of, like, just sheer numbers, is the Rolling Sixties guy the biggest gang in L.A.? It's one of the biggest gangs, one of the biggest crip gangs. Our generation, you know what I'm saying, was kind of responsible for, like, putting it on the map in terms of, like, hustling and business and, you know what I'm saying, like, making moves outside of the streets, you know what I'm saying, and taking it to... You know, a corporate level. Taking it to a corporate level. So he's meaning, you know, taking it, you know, not really globally, but nationwide, you know, all across the United States. Not necessarily taking gangbanging, but taking the legacy of our area to, to like, you know, the corporate level. Now, did you really have a choice? You know, He's it? asking him, does, does he have a choice? Did he have a choice when he joined the gangs? But listen to his response. In the 60s, when you, when you were young, or was it just all your family members was in it to you in it? Nah, really, me, none of my family members was from the 60s. My dad came from Africa. Oh, so okay. his his whole side of my family's in Africa. And then my mom, she only had one brother, and it was her. So my uncle, uncle was like a hustler and a musician. And so he was in the single-parent household. My mom, she's a woman. She grew up on Slauson and Fifth Avenue, 60s, her whole life. As well as my granny and my, my grandfather. You know, they own property in the hood since like the 30s or the 40s. So why, why made you decide to actually get involved in all that? Even though he already asked this. You know, I mean, I'm sure you, you knew what the downsides were before you got into it somewhat. Yeah. Nah, I think it was, it was like a combination of, you know what I'm saying, just being out of age. I left my house kind of early. How old? When I was probably like 14. Okay, so you were on your own at 14 years old. Yeah, I was out of my mom's house, you know what I'm saying? I went to live with my granny when I was 14. And, um, you know. So you still had an adult presiding over you? She was old, but when you were 14, you're still a child. Come on. I just was, was uh, taking care of myself early on. And, uh, you know, I was, I was doing things 
to try to get money so I could support myself. I always wanted to do music. That was my first passion. In other words, robbing and selling dope, things like that, things of that nature. Anything. And out of frustration from not having outlets and having studio access, you know, the culture of my area is the gang culture, you know what I'm saying? So by being outside, being involved with hustling, being in the hood, doing things to try and get money, being young, you know, riding your bike through the hood, getting shot at, yo, 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 loved ones and homies that's your age, getting killed, getting shot at, you know, getting jumped at malls and at basketball, football games, high school games, whatever. You know what I mean? Getting into it. It's like, we were just raised like, if you with me, if something go down, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. Whether I'm from this shit or not, you know what I'm saying? So after a while, it just be like, you always in the middle of some shit, you might as well, you know what I mean? Be part of it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So in other words, he had nothing better to do. He kind of he he didn't really dance around it. He, he you know he went into detail as to why he did it. You know, and this you know to a point is understandable. But I know people out here in Arizona who jumped off the porch, quote unquote, at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old, thirteen years old. They haven't joined any gangs. They've probably sold weed. They've got jumped before. They've got beaten up. They've been shot at. They're not in a gang. That doesn't mean you have to join a gang. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, Nipsey Hussle, once again, this isn't, he didn't grow up, you know, a lovely lifestyle. You know, that's not a great lifestyle. That's not a great life growing up, to be completely honest. He didn't have both parents in his household. You know, he didn't even mention the fact that his brother was a crip. If I'm not mistaken, he was a crip too. That's from what I heard. And he did it successfully, but he didn't even mention that. He had he didn't even bring that up. That had no weight into his decision of joining the Crips, the Rome 60 Crips. So you can't tell me about how a 33-year-old active gang member is some leader. I'm not buying it. You know, you have to be able to lead yourself first. And he was 33 years old. And out of it, by his own admission, he was a rolling 60s crip. The paparazzi rolled up on him. Right? And they were like, and he, my bad, and he was like, um, you don't just pop out and have the, your camera in somebody's face, your phone in somebody's face. And they were like, yeah, but you're a celebrity, Mr. Usher, you're a celebrity. He was like, nah, I'm a rolling 60s crip first, though. I'm a crip first, though. That was That's out of Nipsey Hussle's mouth. You know? And I'm not saying that Nipsey Hussle, you know, he did this intentionally because, you know, people get on your nerves. What he was doing was just trying to pretty much intimidate them. But that was that. That's what he said. We have to take that into it. So, anyway, any of you guys who uh, watched the, uh, what was it, the Black Sun, or not watched it for any of y'all, have listened to the uh, Black Sun or the Greek fraternity system that I've done, or the Life on Front Row video. Some of the videos that I've done, most of the time I refer, uh, I refer to the Greek, uh, the mythology system, and uh, how you know we pretty much modernized it, and, you know, in Western civilization, and we pretty much, you know, we carry out, we carry out these same traditions, and pretty much practice them out here, out in the open. And a lot of the times, these different gods, they have, you know, these actors and actresses and, you know, celebrities, they have them live out these 
pretty much these roles. And so, um, when you understand the death date of what's his name, uh, Nipsey Hussle, yeah, when you look at the death date of Nipsey Hussle, he died on March 31st. And you got to understand the significance of uh, just that day alone. So, I'm going to be providing context with everything that I've been talking about. But anyways, and he was married to a woman. Uh, he was married to Lauren London as well. But when we look at um, Celine, right? Who was the who was the moon goddess, the mother goddess, one of the mother goddesses? Selene was a Titan goddess in Greek mythology. Who was a, a daughter of Thea? She was the daughter of a Titan. She had two siblings: Helios and Eos. My bad, Helios and Eos, H E L I S and Eos, E O S. She was the goddess of the moon. When she drove every night across the skies. On a white horse, she was linked to Artemis and as well as Hec- Hecate. All three were considered lunar goddesses. So when they talk about uh, Selene or uh, Dionysus, you know, or whoever it may be, um, Iris, they may, um, they're pretty much talking about the same person. They all have the same, they're, uh, they're all talking about different names for the same deity pretty much you know the pretty much the same celestial being but anyway when you talk about when you go in and look up uh when you look up Selene uh she was the sister of the sun god right she drives her moon chariot like I've told you she has several lovers several lovers Zeus Pan and the mortal Endymion Endymion, the mortal. And in classic times, Selene was often identified with Artemis, who was her brother. But anyways, uh, Selene, when she was uh, when she was with what's the guy's name, Endymion, her consort. She, even when you look up the picture, of Selene. With Endymion, uh, another word, another person being uh, June for Selene, another moon goddess. But uh, even when you look up pictures, they've always associated Selene and June with the white goddess, not the white goddess, the, the pale white horse. And they're uh, mostly white riding side saddle. When you look up the Selene and Endymion by Sebastian Otto Ricci in 1713, Chiswick House of England, uh, S E B A S T. I A N O R I C C I, Selene and Demian. When you look that up, you see the same thing. You know, um, you know she's riding uh, pale, the pale white horse, and she's riding side saddle as well. Most of the time, <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. Most of the time, she was depicted, and she is depicted. She's associated with the white horse and the moon as well because she's the moon goddess. But anyway. She's best known for her affair with the mortal Endymion. Name for um for Selene or the moon goddess that they went by was a uh, Luna or June, right? But um, when you look at the temple uh the temple of Luna, right? It was a temple on Aventine Hill in Rome dedicated to Luna, the moon goddess. And once again, they're all pretty much the same, different names, same deity, different things, right? They have some, you know, different characteristics. But anyway, uh, 
The moon goddess, her dedication was celebrated on March 31st. So, and once again, uh, Endymion, in Greek mythology, he was murdered, not murdered, he was put to an uh, eternal rest by, um, what's her name, Selene, the Titaness. She is said that she loved him so much that she put him into a. Um, she believed, she believed him to be so beautiful. She asked Endymion's father Zeus, another or quote unquote Zeus, or uh, you know the the main god, one of the other gods, somebody that she also dealt with, uh, to grant him eternal youth, so that she so that he would never leave her. And don't they say you know, you nobody well Biggie says you nobody till somebody kills you. You know, when you die, when you die, a mortal like Tupac, like Biggie, you know, you stay young forever. Could this be, you know, the proverbial Celine and Endymion being played out? You know, that's only for time to tell. But once again, uh, Celine was even known um, for even dealing with Zeus as well and other consorts as well. The only one that she dealt with who was immortal, was Endymion. If I'm not mistaken, Lauren London, not even if I'm not mistaken, Lauren London just had scandals that she was dealing with Diddy not too long ago, a couple days ago. She had to come out and make an Instagram post like, I'm Nipsey's forever, or something like that, you know, same thing, so that Nipsey could stay by her side forever. And she allegedly bore him 50 sons. But that's for another story. Anyways. Since her celebration day is March 31st, that's the same day that Nipsey Hussle died. You got to understand that that's the, uh, you know, right before the uh, the winter solstice. That's right before, you know, April. So, uh, when you, when you, and when you look at the, uh, when you look at the association, once again, of, uh, of uh, Luna and Celine, they're always associated with the moon and riding uh, the pale horse, uh, the baby, uh, anybody who knows, who listens to rap currently, <sighs> and uh, anybody who currently listens to rap and knows about the baby, right? Uh, when he blew, he blew up, uh, not too long ago, last year, and he got even bigger. But uh, he was talking about uh, when he when he finally reached number one on the charts. This is not my words. This is his words. He was saying, thinking about my grandma. I got the number one record. They acknowledged the jit. They going crazy when they played it. Head bobbing and chips. And I'm just somewhere messed up thinking about my father. They found him dead a couple of days before I, before I even started the tour. But the baby posted about the events on Instagram in March. He was saying that he got a text message saying his album was number three on the charts. Right after that, he talked to his little brother and found out his pops passed away out of nowhere. And his album went to number one on the charts out of nowhere. He wrote in the caption. That's his own admission. My biggest loss and my biggest win at the same time. How many times do we hear the same old story? People getting big or, you know, somebody losing somebody close to them after something traumatic. You know, and I bought this up because, you know, this happened in late March when he made that post after uh uh right after he went to number one, right after his album went number one, late in March. When you look at um 
when you when you when you if you, if you've ever watched a video, the baby has a song called Pony, right? And he has a white horse. He's riding the white horse in some parts, but I didn't think um I didn't think anything about it yet. Same thing with Megan Megan Thee Stallion. When you look up in Google, uh, once again Celine and June and Luna, now they're always depicted riding the white horse. And they're always riding a side saddle as well. When you look up Megan Thee Stallion and you look up her uh, her coach photo shoot, she was depicted the same, riding upon the white horse. Uh, yeah, riding side saddle. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion actually just signed a deal not too long ago. And when you look up the death of her mother, the death of her mother was March 2019, Holly Thomas. From a long, well, she had a brain tumor, but you know, and her grandmother died the same month. And this was once again in late March that this happened. This is right when um, Megan the Stallion blew right the fuck up last year of 2019. This is the same thing. Part of my language, I know my dad's probably listening, but part of my language on that one, but yeah, so. Even when you look at other famous people who've died on that day, on that date, Jesse Owens, he was 66 years old. Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, not Jet Lee, man. Um, he was at the Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee's son. I think it was. Uh, it wasn't Bruce Lee. It wasn't Bruce Lee Jr. It was David, David Lee, something like his son died March 31st and he was an actor. You know, just things that make you go, hmm, once again. And for the, for those of y'all who don't know the pale horse and the white horse, something I, man, something I found out not too long ago was that the, the white horse, when you're depicted riding the, the white horse, it pretty much represents and is a psychopomp for oncoming death. When you look at the picture of Nipsey Hussle and Lauren London, Nipsey Hussle is off the horse. He's playing the proverbial Endymion or Endymion. When you look at um, when you look at the picture, it was what's her face, Lauren London wearing all white on top of the white horse, riding side saddle. Megan Stallion, Megan the Stallion on the riding the pale white horse, riding side saddle. Her mother dies in late March. They take that picture, Nipsey Hussle and Lauren London. Nipsey dies March 31st. The baby gets on that white horse. Album goes number one. Out of nowhere, immediately after his after his dad dies. After his after his dad dies, his album goes to number one. After his number three. And he just talked to his little brother. So how many times do we hear this story? Uh Megan the Stallion, late March. Gets on that white pony for coach, and you can look this up yourself. She gets on that gets on that white horse, that pale white horse. Next thing you know, her mother and her grandma dies in late March. You know, I'm not just saying this stuff, man. Uh, but you know, this is just my own my own consensus based off. You know, this is just a conclusion I've came to. Uh, you can uh anybody that you can you can ask anybody if you know but the people that's close to me. Uh, I never really liked Lauren London uh, anyway. I feel like, uh, you know, she kind of, you know, not really infiltrated, but, you know, she pretty much worked her way 
into Lauren, into, you know, into becoming with Nipsey Hussle. She, you know, I feel like she was placed with Nipsey Hussle and, you know, he didn't even know it. Nipsey Hussle didn't even know that he was sacrificed, but it's clear to me that he was truly sacrificed to the moon goddess. You can disagree. I, I don't, I, I can care less. Okay. But, uh, he was clearly sacrificed to the moon goddess. And in my eyes, he was playing the proverbial Endymion. Endymion. Whatever, however the, however the heck you say that name. When you even, when you even, <laughs> when you even think about it, Lauren London isn't even a black woman. I mean, she, she is a, she clearly is a black woman, but genetically and scientifically, you are what your father is. That's a fact. That's why the Most High tells you to marry with inside your family. Not within your, yeah, within your family, within Israel. If you're Negro, you marry Negro. You reproduce with Negro. That's that's what you know. That's that's what the Most High said. That, that's that's not what I said. You know, if you disagree, take that up with the Most High. But um, and even if you do, even if you don't like black women or you like white women or Asian women, that's up to you. You can be black and. Deal with whatever you want to. It has nothing to do with me. It doesn't bother me. You have your own fantasies, you know, and you you can't you can't help what what it is that you love. Maybe you hate yourself. Maybe it is what it is. I don't know. But I deal with I strictly deal with black women. And Lauren London is not a quote unquote black woman. What I what I go off of is the father's seed, which is what you're supposed to go off of. Lauren London was raised, and her father is a Jewish white male. And when she first actually came out, um, was in two thousand six or two thousand five. I'm sorry. When she one of one of y'all can correct me, but it was in two thousand five, two thousand six with the movie uh, with Ti Atl, and that was a very big movie that hit the market March thirty first. So ain't it crazy that six seven years? Wait no. However many years, thirteen years, eleven years later, however long. However long ago it was, I don't even feel like doing the math right now. Wow. However long ago it was, the immediate. So on her coming out day, right? On her 13 year anniversary, her husband dies. That does it. Come on, man. We already know that the temple of uh, Juna. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, the, the temple. Of Juna, the Luna, the Temple of Luna. My fault. The Temple of Luna is venerated on March thirty first. So that was her coming out, and this this was her way of you know, of elevating herself. Once again, uh, Celine was also. Um, it was rumored that she had dealt with Zeus and other people after Endymion. Hey, she just had. The one thing with Diddy, so hey, it is what it is, man. Till next time, peace. When you even, when you even, <laughs> when you even think about it, Lauren London isn't even a black woman. I mean, she she is a she clearly is a black woman, but genetically and scientifically, you are what your father is. That's a fact. That's why the Most High tells you to marry with inside your family, not within your, yeah, within your family, within Israel. If you're Negro, you marry Negro. You reproduce with Negro. That's that's what you know. That's that's what the Most High said. That, that's that's not what I said. You know, if you disagree, take that up with the Most High. But um.
And even if you do, even if you don't like black women or you like white women or Asian women, that's up to you. You can be black and deal with whatever you want to. It has nothing to do with me. It doesn't bother me. You have your own fantasies, you know, and you you can't you can't help what what it is that you love. Maybe you hate yourself. Maybe it is what it is. I don't know, but I deal with I strictly deal with black women. And Lauren London is not a quote unquote black woman. What I what I go off of is the father's seed which is what you're supposed to go off of. Lauren London was raised and her father is a Jewish white male. And when she first actually came out um, was in 2006 or 2005, I'm sorry. When she, one of y'all can correct me, but it was in 2005, 2006 with the movie uh, with T.I.A.T.L. And that was a very big movie. That hit the market March 31st. So ain't it crazy that six, seven years? Wait, no. However many years, 13 years, 11 years later, however long, however long ago it was. I don't even feel like doing the math right now. Wow. However long ago it was. The immediate. So on her coming out day, right? On her 13 year anniversary, her husband dies. That does it. Come on, man. We already know that the temple of uh Juna. <laughs> the uh the yeah, the, the temple of Juna. The Luna the Temple of Luna, my fault. The Temple of Luna is venerated on March thirty first. So that was her coming out. And this this was her way of, you know, of elevating herself. Once again, uh Celine was also, um, it was rumored that she had dealt with Zeus and other people after Endymion. Hey, she just had the one thing with Diddy. So, hey, it is what it is, man. Till next time. Peace.